Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Today, we are covering the new dungeon. Uh, more dragons. Dragons everywhere. Rawr! Dragons. Um, in Destiny, dragons grant wishes. Uh, and in this particular dungeon, we we have a dragon. Um it's more like the remnants of a dragon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, we also have a lot of other things in this dungeon. There's a, There are Taken, there's Scorn, um, both enemies of, of what I would consider like pure darkness, right? Like there's these, the Scorn obviously are, are created, they're Elixni that are created from uh, um, Dark Aether, which is it, it's the same stuff that a normal Elixni would breathe. Uh, but infused with darkness. Uh, darkness, the, the energy, not like, I am the witness and I'm darkness, whatever. Or Batman, for some reason. Apparently, I turned the witness into Batman there for a second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so we have a, we have the Scorn, who are, are enemies of, of darkness, and the Taken, who are uh, the only um, uh, entity that, in, in my opinion, are really true, true darkness. Like I, Again, the Scorn are, because that's where they come from, but to me, the Taken, they're like, like that power is the darkness manifest. It's I I love the Taken, so it's super cool. Uh, so um, we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, we got a we got a lot of stuff that we're gonna try to get through today, mm-hmm. um, and we're just we're just gonna jump right in. So myth. Let's start off with um, what is this dungeon? What like what what? I I know it's I know it's a castle, which is super fucking cool. It's yeah. very Witcher vibes in there. Um. But what what is this place? Where are we at? What's 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 going on in here? Yeah. So, um, a quick uh, quick disclaimer, I guess, before we get too far into things. Oh, uh, I forgot. I say a. Um, still not a hundred percent back with my voice, so apologies in advance for for any. Don't any let of that. him lie to you. I'm not letting him off the hook this time. You're getting some <laughs> voice acting. Uh, B. Spoiler warning. Major, major spoiler warning. We're going to be discussing everything in the dungeon, everything about the dungeon, uh, the quest that goes along with it, the exotic that goes along with it. This is your warning. Get out now if you have not done this already or and and you want to. That it, that is one thing that that is one thing that's super cool about this dungeon that they haven't done before. The collectibles are not just out there. Like yeah. you have to do this quest to get these collectibles, and then you have to do this like the quest requires multiple runs of the dungeon, and each time you go through, you get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. I love that there's that level again. This we're not a mechanics podcast, we're a lore podcast, but I love that mechanic of like, hey, run the dungeon more. Like they mm-hmm. they know people are going to run it more, so here's a, a not necessarily an incentive to run it more, but almost like a, a a reward for running it more is what I always looked at it as. Yeah, and and honestly, it was it, it was really cool. A, I think it helped that just the dungeon overall is is fantastic. Um but Full aesthetics. the I uh, from from the like, man, this would be really nice it's just just to have available on a web page side of me kind of wishes that it was a lore book <laughs> instead of uh dialogue. But I think it, a little it's little hard to say like, hey, we're pulling from chapter da 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 from da 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 da. Right. But I, I do think it is a much more engaging way of telling. Like they they've done the thing. They've put the lore book in the game. 
That's that's what I've been that's what I've been saying over the last like year. Or so Destiny has been the storytelling in Destiny has been evolving to be more in in front of us rather than a background footnote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've done that really well in this dungeon. Yeah. So I really I really did enjoy uh, how they delivered it. I do hope that they um, continue to to iterate on using that kind of delivery system, uh, even if it makes it a little more difficult to have in front of me for this kind all, of stuff. Don't, don't let him complain, guys and gals. It, it, all that means is he has to type shit every now and then. <laughs> every now and then, yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, this dungeon is called Warlord's Ruin. Uh, it takes place in the EDZ uh, in a warlord's castle uh, from the Dark Ages. Uh, the castle has, you know, not been in use since the Dark Ages or, or shortly thereafter, uh, and has now been infested with scorn and taken. Uh, and we primarily know the scorn has having originated from uh, either Prince Aldrin, while he was under the effects of, uh, you know, taken Riven, um, which we discuss in our. Uh, in our, our um, Awoken series, and I, I think a little bit in our, our Aldrin and Crow series. Um, yeah. The other kind of way that we've seen Scorn created is from the, the Witness directly, uh, or, or via the Witness's power through the darkness. Uh, and Okay, you're going to need to refresh my memory on that one. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, so it, it, it's not something that they've made extraordinarily clear but in the in this dungeon actually uh crow refers to the fact that when when aldrin and fickrel created new scorn like they they had a level of ability to to think for themselves they had a level of there was some uh, intelligence like there some type of will or something right and yeah, and and the scorn that are purely made via um, Callus uh, when he was doing his experiments on the Glycon, um, and after where the witness has just used them as as another piece of his army, uh, those scorn seem to be like mindless essentially. So so like taken, so closer, yeah, in a lot closer of ways. to taken than scorn in the fact that they don't have a will of their own or something like that, but they like, they, they really are just mindless drones at that point. They're just kind of an empty shell that you point at an objective and they go do it. Um, okay. so yeah, so we, we have kind of these two subcategories of scorn, like intelligent scorn and not intelligent scorn. And yeah. there's, there's been these two primary sources of scorn, that being Fickrel and Aldrin. And then, uh, just, the powers of darkness via the witness in general. Um, okay. <clears throat> with that in mind, we're there's a, a question as to like, okay, why are there scorn on the EDZ in this ruined castle? Uh, and then also why are there taken here? I was going to ask, have we ever seen scorn in the, in the EDZ before? No. We've seen taken in the EDZ yeah. uh, through the, the one strike um, that got revamped recently. I can't remember the name of it, but so we've seen we've seen taken there, but we haven't seen scorn. I don't think we've never seen scorn on Earth at all. Oh, even in Cosmodrome. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Okay. 
So uh, the fact that they're there is is a big red flag, and and that's actually why we uh, go investigate this place in the first in the first place is because reports of scorn in the EDZ are very concerning. Right, um, right, right. But we're gonna we're gonna take a step back from uh, us getting there, and first we're gonna look at why some of the scorn are there uh, in the first place. And that actually comes to us from the lore card of the exotic that drops in the dungeon called the Buried Bloodline. Uh, so it, we, we need this thing. It's so pretty. I know. It is beautiful. Like, just from a pure art standpoint, beautifully done. I'm a big sidearm fan anyway, and, like, I, I need this. But for now, I'll just have to be uh, okay with the, the lore card and the API. Uh but that lore card goes like this. Fickrel stands on the bridge of a seized catch. Ravagers keep watch over a handful of elixni that remain to pilot the vessel. Five heavily armored scorn kneel before Fickrel, their heads bowed in reverence. Fickrel steps forward. Dark rumors whisper from the dreaming city. The reef hunts us. The darkness claims us. And our father is not returning. But even without Aldrin Sov, new scorn still rise. Old scorn still live unseen. Fickrel waits for silence before looking beyond the five armored scorn knights to the greater horde that gathers. He turns and points his staff at the pilots. These elixni, they speak of scorn risen on earth, where dead things will hunt them, or darkness will claim them. We serve only scorn. Fickle raises his staff above his head. We will bring them home. Open their minds as I have for you, as I will for all scorn. The horde gnashes and cheers. Rathiel, Maris, Virskis, Nemex. Sir Lox, ascend, commands Fickrel over the commotion, and the five armored scorn stand. You, loyal sworn, will be my knights. Scorn move from behind them to present the knights with staves made in the image of their leaders. Go to earth. Bring brothers and sisters home before darkness claims them. The knights bow before their leader. Rathiel, Fickrel places a hand on the center knight. You will bleed. And that's the end of that lore card. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Here we, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and then kind of backtrack yeah. a little bit. 
these five elixni are the we see them throughout the, the dungeon. Uh, there, it's like the the myth and I made a point of, of noting that when we uh, first when we first ran the dungeon and we saw the first boss and we realized that he was named uh, First Knight of Fickrel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so these are these are the the so that's that's the first boss and then during the second boss there are two knights that spawn uh those are the second second and third knights and then during the final boss that's the fourth and fifth knights yep um so yeah so so we see these entities in game throughout the dungeon uh but like again even even fickrel and and i guess this is important to remember like what you said before um, Fickrel has his own will. He has his own thoughts. He has his own everything. And he's just, it's almost like he's trying to, I don't know, become the Kel of Scorn? I think so. He, he's, he, you know, he said, go find these newly risen Scorn, bring them back, and I will open their minds like I have for you. I, I think he yeah. is trying to create almost a society of Scorn with himself yeah. as the leader. Yeah, and it's like it's it's funny too because like again that that little inkling of Elixni is still bleeding through there with with almost trying to like create a house of scorn or a a you know the house of Fickrel whatever you want to call it with with Fickrel as the Kel or whatever. Um, so yeah, so it, it it does show that that the 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 scorn that were raised uh, during Aldrin's terrorization of the reef. Um, they they very much do still have they retain a, a lot of their old ways. Yeah, and the the other thing that this lore card shows us is that these scorn that have been risen on Earth in the EDZ, Fickrel doesn't know how they were made. Yeah, because he didn't make them, and he's saying that the darkness has not claimed them yet. So the witness presumably didn't make them either. So the question is now, like, where did, where did they come from? And Fickrel is less concerned about where they came from and more concerned about go find them, gather them to us, and we will integrate them into our society. Yeah. Uh, And he sends out his knights to do so. Um, So from our perspective on things that, that, all would have happened prior to us being aware that, you know, things were happening at this, this castle. Yep. Uh, the first inkling that we get that something is going on here um, is that Ikora receives reports um, from Crow that Crow has seen scorn in the EDZ. And Ikora sends us to go assist with the investigation and try to figure out what the source of the scorn is. I uh, mentioning that Crow has found a ether trail that is leading to this old castle in the EDZ. And that's that's kind of the the text on the quest line that gets us access to the dungeon. That's why we're there is because hey, we found these scorn that is not good and we tracked them to this old castle we need our, our A team to go investigate the castle, essentially. I do like thinking of our little fire team as the A team now. Yeah. <laughs> da, da, da. But uh, so we, we get there 
we we arrive uh boots on the ground in the snowy mountains um and uh we are introduced to the people that are going to be kind of uh on comms for us throughout the dungeon that being crow and petra uh and so as as we get there um crow chimes in uh saying guardian good running tactical for you again this is where the dark ether trail went cold uh oh petra's on the other line let me patch her through and petra comes in riven tells us Sanahamkara claims territory in these regions crow saying i've patrolled this area dozens of times and haven't seen a dragon and Petra being Petra, they have a history of eluding you. So <laughs> I love I love the banter between the two of them. This yes. season. It's it's all throughout we talked about this in our last episode of like in the coil when she's like uh or he she says something, he quips back with like, You already shot me once and it's like, Oh, deep bird. <laughs> Um, so we, we get this little bit of banter about like, okay, now we know there's an Ahamkara in the mix, you know, Riven apparently has told Petra like, oh yeah, there's another wish dragon that has claimed that area as their territory. We, we kind of, I'm, I'm just going to put this out here right now. We kind of sucked at the great hunts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of difficult to fully confirmedly exterminate a extremely clever paracausal species. Yeah. <laughs> that has space travel, presumably, because they can hop between planets. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so we're, we're getting this banter over comms as we are um, literally scaling a mountain. At this point uh, in the dungeon, we're, we're hopping up kind of these snowy mountaintops along the EDZ. Uh, trying to trick our fire team into opening chests. Yes, there are mimics in this dungeon. I fucking love it. Like, the fact that they are mimics. And, like, when you go through the coil, it's literally labeled as, like, uh, uh, greed, greed, uh, what was it? Greed lure dot mimic or something like that. Yep. When you try to hit, instead of, like, inspect or collect loot. It's so great. Yeah, so this one uh, has mimics. Pro tip, you can tell if it's a mimic or not, because if you sit and wait long enough, you'll see a little ether pulse come out of it if it is a mimic. Um, but uh, but so we, you know, we're, we're hopping up the mountain and we see uh, our first our first uh, vision of the dungeon itself is this decrepit like rope bridge across a crevasse in the mountain up to uh kind of the forward uh lower ramparts of this this castle space nailed um, nailed that aesthetic oh it's it's phenomenal like it looks so so good and when when you get into the castle proper it like to me it screams dark souls like i I love everything they, they've done they there. They screwed with Smith and, <laughs> and yeah. of it. So for, for those other Souls players, uh, you know that in a couple different locations, uh, they like to use the hanging kind of cages as elevators to get to different areas in, in the various levels. Um, well, they have 
almost copy pasted the exact same type of cage from those games and put them in the castle. And it even has little gear on the, on yeah, the and you, above it too. And you, you get into it and it gives you an activate button and I'm like, Oh, I've seen this before. This is really cool. I know what this does. <laughs> no, it closes and then just kills you. A bunch of spikes appear through it. They just died. So consider my expectations I was, subverted. I was, I, as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be Grasp of Avarice all over again. We're just going to be trolling each other <laughs> yep. with everything that can kill us in here. This is awesome. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so we, we cross this bridge there, you know, we're fighting Scorn on our way through. We get into, uh, kind of the, the first rampart area of the castle. Um, it, it is very, very fast, uh, to get to the first boss. It's like maybe yeah. five, if you're, if you're just, if you know the path and you're just going, if you're booking it, it's like five it minutes. Minute. Uh, yeah. I think you do it under a minute if you're booking it. Like if you're maybe like, so, you know, dash, dash, go fast. It is, you are there instantly. And then like plant flag, go. Yeah. So the first boss, as we, as we said before, is titled the first night of Thickroll, um, which we as the players, uh, and, and people that, uh, you know, have maybe meta knowledge to what's in, what our character in the game would, uh, are like, okay, Fickrell's a scorn. Like I, that makes sense as to why he would kind of have, why scorn would be related to him in some way, but why here? Uh, and, Petra He's never gone past the reef, right? Like the, right. the the scorn for Fickrell have always been centered around the reef and the Dreaming City. Like that's it. They've never really like I can't think of anywhere else they've ever been. Like they're in the Warden of Nothing, but that's in the reef. Like everything that the scorn have been about has been the reef and the and the Dreaming City, and that's it, and that's all they care about. Yeah, and and Petra um says this in the dungeon, but I, I, I'm pretty sure we got uh, a lore card somewhere. That like in Beyond Light, Fickrell went missing. Like that he's he's been gone since the Beyond Light expansion because the strike that he was a part of exited the game as well. Um and uh like he he's just been MIA. And the the Awoken are like, we got bigger fish to fry right now with the whole Riven curse and whatnot. Um yeah. and the witness and Shivu and, and all that stuff and they're just like, all right, he hasn't messed with anybody, so we're not worried about him right now. Uh, so Fickrell and presumably based on that lore card we were reading, where it's talking about like there are hordes of scorn in his little, you know, house that he has made, uh, has just been gathering power, uh, has been gathering scorn to him. Uh, which that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure they won't that's, need that's... a whole episode worth of content to deal with that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but when we get to the first boss, um, Petra chimes in on comms, and she just ha- uh, has a real quick line when when we see the boss. She says, "A minion of the Ahamkara, I guess." Uh, so she doesn't necessarily seem to know that this. Scorn, which makes sense. The the in-game characters don't have giant title cards that show up uh, that have the name, <laughs> just have the name of their enemy attached to it. You, you telling me, you telling me when I walk up on, on an enemy 
in 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 a game, I, they don't have like little health bars all over. I always thought that was like part of our HUD. <laughs> like we had little. I've, I I always th- took that as like that's part of your HUD. Like uh in like in the guardian's headset so like when you do look at something it does actually give you like little little lore entries and stuff maybe but i guess so. petra doesn't have a headset she's kind of locked in the dreaming city so right and apparently we're yeah. not gonna tell her because yeah 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 because uh, we don't have a voice remember right it's just our ghost right um but so needless to say petra seems to be attributing this this scorn being here to uh the ahamkara in some way um we uh so we go through that first boss fight which is a really really cool i i really like that fight um from every aspect really like pacing to the mechanics behind it really really fun very very fun um we we finish up that boss fight and after the boss is defeated we get our first look at uh the final boss of the dungeon which is this uh we we refer when we first saw him we referred to as the the taken puffer fish, um, yeah. Is is this very globular uh, fish looking um, taken entity, which I uh, is referred to as a chimera. Um, the last time we saw chimera was the taken meatball in the forsaken quest chain that was kind of the the representation of Riven's will in the world. I was going to say, was that like the final boss of the Forsaken yep. campaign? Yep. Uh, so this is another Chimera, which has been established to be something that the Ahamkara seem to use as, as a proxy of themselves. Um, so when we defeat the first boss, uh, we see the Chimera. It seems to teleport us, and it teleports us into the dungeon of the castle. Oh, so good. So good. It's your loot is sitting right fucking there. Yes, yeah, just outside <laughs> the dungeon. Touch it. Just outside oh. the, the cells, and you're like, oh, it's oh, oh. so good. Uh, I still want to test if a shoot to loot weapon will let you pick it up. But Oh um, yes. But regardless, so you're 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 in this dungeon. I you, there are clues around you that you need to use to figure out how to escape, which I'm not going to spoil here. Myth, uh, Myth and I and our third fire team member who is sitting behind me, uh, Mystic Penguin, we were very thrilled that we figured out that puzzle on our own with was, zero outside help. It was a pretty feel good moment, yeah. Um, but so as, as you're you're teleported, you get a little more comms. Um, Crow, you know, coming in saying, uh, you know. That was weird. I just got a spike of taken energy. Uh, Ster- Pet- sterile neutrinos entering the area. <laughs> and uh, and Petra responds, telling us, that was a chimera. It must be the Ahamkara's avatar. So again, further confirming for us that uh, this is the Ahamkara's proxy in this place, because the Ahamkara presumably cannot enact uh, using its own body. In, in this space because um, I, I guess that's the that's the thing to note too is is we as players know that there are bits of ahamkara in here yeah do petra and um crow understand that there are ahamkara bits in here like is this is this a a known thing to the to the player to the entities in the game uh eventually yes but i i don't know that they 
know that until we've beat the dungeon. Okay. Okay. So it's definitely like they're like the whole time that this is happening, like, and we're relaying this information. They're like, "What the fuck is going on here? Like, how is that here? Like, there there are no more Ahamkara type. They're approaching this from a from a sense of like Riven was the last Ahamkara and she's dead. And I mean, obviously now we know even more than that because right. of the the first week's um, quest uh, and this week, like each each week, we get another egg, another egg, another egg. So we're building this brood back up. Um, so yeah, it, it's. It, I, I guess I never really realized that Petra and Crow don't really fully understand what's happening while you're going through the dungeon the first time. Yeah. Now Petra did was told by Riven that this is an Ahamkara's territory. Um, oh, but okay. Okay. that, that doesn't tell them a whole lot. That doesn't like, right. Is it a living Ahamkara? Like it, it, it used to be a territory it, yeah. and, and has since like, you know, that Ahamkara has since left or like they, they don't know presumably any more than just this was once an Ahamkara's territory. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but so we, we escape jail. Uh, you go through, uh, essentially like, the sewer system slash dungeon system of the castle, uh, kind of weaving through this really cool maze with more traps. I, I was, I always thought of it as like, uh, um, oh, what is it called? Like the, like the Minotaur's labyrinth. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and there's like, I mean, there's even like pitfalls with like, we're like, I, I kept expecting a gelatinous cube to just fall out of somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cause I yeah. got, I had so much D and D vibes out of this whole place. It was, it was again, cannot speak enough to the aesthetics of this place. It is fantastic. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, but we, we traverse through this, this maze area, uh, and it puts you out at what are essentially like the, the castle, um, the, the front castle gates. Yep. Uh, and that's where the second boss encounter is. Um, the se- second boss is where we see those, those two knights, uh, the, the second Fickrel second and third knight are there. Um, and they are, this is now, I think the first place that we see the scorn and the taken working together in the same fight. Which I interpret this to be that the scorn are no longer of their own faculties. Sure. Uh, this, is, this, this, this fight is really driving home that point that they are just mindless drones at this point. Well, and the fact that it's led uh, on the scorn side by the second and third Knights of Fickrel. Um, leads me to believe that the like they came in fully aware of themselves, obviously, with the intention of like taking scorn away from this place, and sure. something about it has sucked them in, and now they are also following whatever orders have been given to the scorn that were there originally. Yeah, and I. Uh, <clears throat> We we fight off that boss um, again. An, another that was another really fun one. Uh, I I enjoyed that one. Uh, mechanics all these mechanically were, I really loved them. The, yes, the absolutely. Great. It's very very nicely paced out. It's it it myth myth within like I don't know two days of doing this thing had already solo flawless to the final boss 
I was just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it it's it's a fun one. It's one that I want to keep trying at versus like Ghost of the Deep, which was just kind of a slog. <laughs> uh, you, you get through you get to the first boss and again, I love Ghost of the Deeps. I love all the dungeons, but Ghost of the Deep is it's rough. Yeah. It's seventy five minutes of traversal for a seventy five minute boss. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, and then another seventy five minutes of traversal with like no. I think that was one thing that, and, and again, it, we're not a mechanics podcast, we're a lore podcast, but I'm just going to touch on this one thing. the The pacing of this dungeon was really well done. The traversal feels engaging. Like I'm not just falling for forty five minutes trying <laughs> to catch air bubbles. You know, like that's. It, th- this was a very a, a vast difference between Ghosts in the Deep and this one, um, I, and and even like the storytelling, like the the way that the the quest plays out, and you're just like, hey, run it again, find a little bit more info, run it again. Oh, I found, you know, a secret passage over here that I can access now. What's in there? So yeah, it, it I really really love this dungeon. It's yeah, it, it's a good probably it it might be my top. Honestly, I'm 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 rapidly putting it up there. Like it's every time I run it, it gets closer and closer to the top. Shattered yeah. Throne will still be number one for me because that's that was my first flawless. And, yeah. And or not, yeah. not my first flawless, my first uh, solo dungeon. And when I beat that, I like I lost my mind for like two <laughs> days and ran naked through the halls type thing. Uh, so, yeah, this one, this one is is re- of course. And, and of course, it has taken my favorite enemy. So, like, it's. It's up there for me. Yeah. And it has Wish Dragons. Like, it's got Ahamkara shit in it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very... like the culmination of everything for me. <laughs> but, uh, but so we, we get through the second boss. We, um, kind of breach the, the initial gates of the castle and we're, we're climbing our way up the rubble of the bridge that leads to the castle proper. Uh, the entire time that we're, we're doing that climb, uh, we're being, uh, you know, accosted by scorn and the uh, chimera kind of off on the side, shooting us with the void blasts that do way too much damage. Um, and we, we finally get hashtag please nerf the damage by like twenty percent. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't complain, but uh, but we 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 finally get to the um, the castle gate proper. Discover we can't go through there, so we have to find a way around one side or the other. Uh, and eventually you find like a drainage pipe that you can hop in and, uh, go around and and get into the the castle that way. Um, and we passed that, that huge blight in there too. Yeah. Uh, huge blight. This, I I wish I remembered what the strike was called. I can't even remember the strike. That's what drives me nuts. We had it for such a short amount of time. It was, it was on Nessus, I believe there were, um, Vex in there, and Savathun was trying to use Taken to because I believe the final boss was like something of like Envoy of Savathun or some shit like that. But it was a Taken um, uh, Colossus, a Taken Cabal Colossus, uh, and they were trying to basically hack the Vex network through this thing. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of it. We had it for such a short amount of time, and then, then it was already gone. I know. I. Anyway, but that anyway. that's what it reminds me of is that same like taken yep. uh giant orb in the middle that you're kind of like hopping around. This this one was much more of a um jumping puzzle in like can you avoid the flying things? <laughs> uh, Physics in that room is fun. Yeah. So, uh but eventually you get up there and you are um 
still traversing your way up the mountain, but now it's like floating pieces of the mountain. Uh, it's like the mountain's been broken up because of yeah. an orb. And so like pathways aren't directly connected to other pathways. They're all just kind of like floating out in the middle of nowhere. And you're just like jumping through doorways that once you get in it, now you're kind of back inside the castle, but then you pop out the other side. There's nothing. It's just a pitfall. There's open air. It's, 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 this this castle has definitely been uh, um, very uh, <laughs> dismantled, but only because the mountain it's part of the mountain, and the mm-hmm. mountain is kind of being dismantled. Yeah, and and as we've been getting closer and closer to the summit of this this peak, you can start to see like these floating islands stuck in this this like energy vortex at the top. Uh, and it's it's giving you, you know, as you're getting closer and closer, things have disintegrated more and more, but it's all still suspended in the air by whatever this this energy is. Um, and uh, you hop your way up uh, and you you get to what is the uh, final boss arena, which is the the summit of the mountain. Um, and you are fighting the chimera that you had seen earlier. Uh, and with kind of in in the energy vortex in the center of the arena are bones are presumably ahamkara bones almost, uh, almost full skeletons worth it, it seems like it or or pretty close to it um and the the to to lay out the visual for the arena you start on a uh it's circular but you start out on a lower platform and every time that you get to a new damage phase you have to go up, uh, jump your way up to the next platform, which is its own like uh, piece of land that has detached from everything. And these pieces just happen to be in a circular pattern. So you're kind of spiraling yourself upward throughout the fight, um, culminating in the final damage phase at the top. Uh, and then it resets you back down at the bottom to, to do it however many times you need. And I, we don't necessarily get any like lore implications from that fight other than the fourth and fifth night of Fickrel being uh, mechanics in the fight as well. Again, just reinforcing that like these scorn are now uh, enslaved to, to whatever is, is going on here. Uh, <clears throat> but when we finish that fight, when we defeat the chimera, what it leaves behind on the first time you complete the dungeon is not only uh, the, the dungeon loot, but also some bones in uh, a piece of a greater skeleton of bones. Uh, and upon picking them up, you get a dialogue entry uh, or you get a overcomes um, a little conversation between Petra and Crow. Uh, and it starts with Petra saying, This is all that remains of the Ahamkara, then. Even like this, in its silence, it could move worlds. The damage the scorn could have caused if they realized what they possessed. And Crow comes in. I've never apologized to you for what you're still going through. There's no need. It wasn't you. But I'm sorry. And he is too. Completely. 
If I could wish it away. No. You're helping break the cycle. That should be more than enough. And that's kind of the end of their little scene. There, there shall be no wishing in the presence of these wish dragon bones. Yeah, I mean, so it's a very sweet sentiment, but Crow, what uh, the heck? <laughs> <laughs> you dumb, 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 dummy, dumb, dumb. It's not those I called warlocks dumb before. I'm now calling a hunter dumb. You dumb, dumb, dumb hunter. Those are not the words to use in this place. Uh, <clears throat> but so that's that's the completion of the first run through the dungeon. And as we said before, every time you go through it, you get a little more information about what happened here by nature of the quest line that you open up to yourself by picking up that first set of bones. And when you pick up that first set, it gives you a quest called In the Shadow of the Mountain, or I guess it continues the quest called In the Shadow of the Mountain. And the flavor text on the quest steps is really interesting because it is literally the Ahamkara named Hefend speaking to us through these bones that we're picking up. So Ooh, I missed that through this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So the, the flavor text, the, the quest, the, the very first quest line um, states the remains of the Ahamkara beckon you forth. And the flavor text for it just says, don't be afraid. Come a little closer. And uh, when we continue that quest line, what it, what it tells us to do, <clears throat> it says, Heffend has tasked you with finding the first of his bones, stolen by wishful scorn who believe the bones are sacred relics of power. And Hef- so the scorn really do have no idea what they are. They just no. They, well, okay. So here's an. I don't know why I never connected this till just now. The scorn here have no will. So would they essentially have no desires? I think what's happening is that a the the scorn don't know what these bones do. They just know they're powerful. Sure. Um, B, as we'll discover as we, we go through, the actions of our guardian and the scorn in this place are all pieces of someone else's wish. So I and and as we also know, Ahamkara are not they don't have to compulsively answer any wish. They can choose if they want to grant a wish or not. That and still blows my mind that it is a choice on their end. Yeah. I've I, I think you and I have always thought of it as like a it has to happen so they can feed. But I guess I guess just like anything else that feeds, like you don't you don't have to eat if you're not hungry, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we will find that Heffend has a very, uh, a very marred history with the Elixni in general. And even if the Scorn did know to wish for something, I don't think Heffend would grant it. Okay. I would say, uh, and we, we, you see this as you progress through the dungeon, there are these little, um, like Scorn canister type things that 
have little pieces of ahamkara bone in the middle of them. Uh, and actually it's, it's a mechanic throughout the dungeon and Heffend seems to be implying here that the Scorn don't know what these are. They just know they're powerful and they've been gathering them up and treating them like sacred relics. Uh, and I wonder if, if the reason the Scorn here lose their minds, especially in the case of the knights that were sentient before coming here, are because the Ahamkara is affecting the Scorn to become mindless as they're in the presence of these bones. You mean like in as a as a side effect from whatever this wish that is um yes. laid out in front of us. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that would that would that would track with the with the the monkey paw magic bullshit that that they do. <laughs> so we'll we'll touch on that a little more as we get more into what that wish was. Uh but Heffend here um you know has tasked us with finding their bones, finding the pieces of their skeleton, uh, which were stolen by the scorn, uh, and Heffend in this uh, in this entry um, has a little little flavor text where Heffend is saying to us, "See how they feed their totems, blight and bone. They believe it worship. They believe this ground sacred." Their small desires feed my power, feed you, O oh vengeance mine. So, yeah, Heffen, vengeance. Heaven, it, it appears, is feeding off them, but I think for a grander purpose, uh, sure. not just, not just because like it's food that's available. Right, 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 right. Um. And so they they task us with finding their bones, uh, and you go through, and I believe it's three. The first three bones are part of the first quest chunk, uh, and at each time we discover a bone throughout the dungeon, uh, which you cannot access until you're going through the dungeon at least a second time, um, we get some dialogue uh, about, uh. Not necessarily about the bones we find, but about the dungeon and uh, Crow and Petra and, and whatnot in general. And so when we pick up the first bone, we get just this little scene between Crow and Petra uh, where Crow says, Is this bone all that's left? Not much of a territorial claim. And Petra comes in. Death is not the end for an Ahimkara. If it's feeding, it exists. And Crow says, that bone is radiating sterile neutrinos. Taken energy? Yes, like poison in the marrow. But I don't understand how. And that's the end of their little scene there. So this this is like a two-part thing. Like one, it's, it's kind of... Uh... It's it's Bungie's way of like letting new players know, hey, this is kind of what uh, this this is part of what uh, can happen with an Ahamkara. The bones mm-hmm. themselves can still feed. We know this. Uh, if you need to learn more about Ahamkaras, go check out our Ahamkara episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the bones can feed while, and again, it's it's an it's an energy feed. It's not a you know n- nutritional thing. It's it's 
I guess in a very basic science thing, nutrition is an energy feed. But anyway, it 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 can still happen while they're in bones. But then the the second half of this is the is the weird part is the fact that there are sterile neutrinos and those are always associated with taken. Yes. So the fact that these bones and and I think Petra describes it really well there where she says poison in the marrow. Like something being taken is a, a kind of a form of poison to it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it no longer has its own will, it no longer has its own whatever. So um yeah, this could be you know the the bones themselves have been taken or or there's some part of taken in there which then of course leads you back to the witness and leads you back to darkness because that's where those forces come from right uh and when we find the second pile of bones um they expand on this a little more so petra says uh, upon us picking up the second set it's like the ahamkara here was feeding off the taken preying on their desires to fulfill a purpose. We know what that's like. And Crow comes in. They do like things that loop in on themselves. But I thought only Riven dealt with the Taken. Zivu and the Witness are indisposed. Many Taken are masterless. It's possible that a strong will, like an Ahamkara, could have drawn them here. Or maybe the scorn wished them here. Any scorn making a wish probably doesn't realize they're doing it. At least let's hope not. That's the end of that little scene. It's 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 the mindless feeding the mindless. I anytime I think of 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 a willless creature, I and again this is just my video game brain connecting dots with squirrels and shit. Um, I'm I think back to. Uh, uh, World of Warcraft back in Wrath of the Lich King, where when you kill um, uh, uh, the Lich King for the first time in the at the end of the raid, um, uh, Bolvar comes in and he's like, "There always has to be a jailer of the damned. Like you can't just let the scorn run rampant, or or then everything dies." Essentially, to me, that's the same sentiment I get with the Taken and the scorn now. Is that if they are well, and I guess less the scorn because again, because Fickrel does have some kind of command over them, like yeah. there is some kind of structure there. But the Taken, particularly, they truly have no will, no anything. They are the epitome of mindless drone, um, and for that to just run rampant, that's that's bad like that eventually they will just take over everything all very much like the vex although the vex do have a, a a drive driving them to be like if it's not vex make it vex the taken are kind of of that same um very base instinct like go and kill and that's it like there's no yeah. they consume like there is no stopping them they have no they they don't sleep. They don't hunger. They don't anything. They just do whatever the last command that was given to them. That's their that's their primary command. So yeah, it's it's it's. I, I do also like the idea of of like the scorn are. Um, uh, uh, what do you what, what is that called? Like subconsciously wishing it, right? Because we know that again we we. 
the Vanguard has a little less understanding of this, but I think we as the players know that even in the presence of a uh, wish dragon or bone of said wish dragon, uh, even a desire, unstated desire, can be fed off of. But we now know, again from Riven, to say that they are choosing to feed off of it. Right. And I've I've been passed a little note here that, that says, uh, do you think that uh, the wish dragons are choosing the ones that cause the most chaos because that inherent chaos will lead to more wishing. Absolutely. I think that is absolutely what they're doing. I I mean, it just, it just makes sense. Cause if, if you're in a, a scenario where it's like, okay, I can grant this wish and the world is all sunshine and rainbows and no one ever needs anything ever again. You have just starved yourself is what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> it just sucks to suck now. Right. Yeah, versus I will grant this wish and things will go a little wrong or wrong enough that either that person or someone down the chain that has that their choice has rippled out to will have additional wishes, then you're you're guaranteeing yourself survival. Yeah. Just makes sense. Yeah. So I, I think that's exactly what they do is they they look for which one will give me the Ahamkara the most and and will will benefit my future survival. Okay. But we still we still don't know where this these this taken stuff for these for in these bones is coming from, right? Like this Well, we we have some clues at this point. So we know that the taken energy is in the bones. The bones are radiating with taken energy. Petra's theorizing that the Ahamkara fed off the Taken, fed off their Taken's desire for someone to tell them what to do. Oh, but okay. the big question is why? Because it's it, that's a poisonous food for the Ahamkara. Like Taken energy sure. is poison. Why would they knowingly be eating that? Helping it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I. They're theorizing, like, okay, then why are the Taken here in the first place? Petra's saying, like, well, there's no one really to lead the Taken right now because Zivu's gone to wherever Zivu's gone, and the Witness it cannot communicate with our dimension. Like, the Taken are just kind of a mindless thing here. Uh, maybe they arrived at this castle because they were drawn by this super strong, you know, willpower of of want to do something that the Ahamkara, you know, still had present in the castle. And Crow's like, or maybe for whatever reason, the Scorn want the Taken here, and that's the wish that's being fulfilled. I, to which Petra's like, I really hope the Scorn can't make wishes. <laughs> right. I, so that's the second set of bones. The third set of bones um, that we get... And the final for this first chunk of the quest chain gives us uh, this scene with Crow starting off saying, Great Hunt doesn't seem to have stopped Ahamkara from granting wishes. It's a shame, really, to shed so much blood for so little return. Petra comes in. They were beautiful creatures, but venomous with guile. It's true. The hunt wasn't all motivated by safety. Ahamkara were a threat, but, as you noted, their bones are still trophies. Some guardians continue to wear them for power, 
and status. Crow saying, Like I said, it's a shame. Ahamkara, we're all across soul. Maybe they're not all dead. I wonder who this one was. And that's the end of that little bit. All all guardians except warlocks now. <laughs> we we don't we don't wear dire dire skull of Ahamkara anymore. Nope. So and say we we complete the first chunk of the quest, which the rest of it requires us finishing the dungeon a second time, um, and then we get the second portion of the quest I, chain. I was I was going to ask too. Throughout this quest chain, we're picking up uh, dark ether tinctures. Yes. Um, is a, is there a reason why we're gathering this shit? You know, or is it's, it, or is it just like we're it, we? Yeah, it's just like another like bungee, like hey, find a collectible while you're doing this. Yeah, I, because it's it's dark ether tinctures, it's the bones, and then the other one is like the something glass. It's like uh, yeah, fractured, fractured glass or something like yeah. that. I was curious as to the other two components of these quests, like. What is the purpose of this fractured glass and dark tincture? Like, what are we doing with these? From what I can tell, I think maybe it's just a, a, a video game thing. Because um, okay. they're never mentioned anywhere else in any of the dialogue. It's just the okay. bones. So so then, so then those are pure because video game mechanic. Here's another thing to do. It's kind of the vibe I get. I may be wrong. Maybe I missed something. But they they're not talked about at all. So... Um, I was curious. We're like building like a a glass castle, and then we're yeah, <laughs> fill it full of dark ether or glass box and fill it full of dark ether, and be like, hey, now we can command the scorn. You know what? If if anything, it's probably the collection of those is what is allowing us to dispel the darkness on the doors. Oh, would be my that's guess because right. they're because they're locked with uh, taken. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll, okay. We'll go. We'll go with that for now. Like we're yeah. making keys out of glass and and darkness. Yeah. 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 Um. So, regardless, you finish it the second time, and now you have another quest that says go back again and collect more bones. Um. Now in areas that are accessible that weren't before. I, uh, and in this one, um. Yeah, okay, so th- this is interesting. So this kind of debunks the whole maybe that's what opens the door theory cuz in the next quest oh, in the next quest uh text it says wish upon the bones of heaven to unlock doors with a level 1 corruption. Well, shit. But it is interesting that we're literally wishing the doors open. That is kind of cool. Uh that's yeah, that's kind of neat. We're we're I just <laughs> Wait a second. That's neat, but that's stupid myth. I mean, why are we just feeding this thing? Oh, why not? Why are we wishing? That's this is bad. That's bad. Bad guardian. Bad guardian. But the flavor text on this portion of the quest from Heffend says this. The scorn carry my bones like relics. They worship, they pray, they form rituals. They place them on shrines to bring good fortune. But with each wish made in ignorance, I dig their graves deeper. So, real fun at parties happened. 
Huh? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Um, but again, this is there's definitely some malice towards the scorn here. Just just a touch of it. Just a touch. <laughs> ha. Ka. So uh, when we pick up the now fourth set of bones, uh, we get a little dialogue from Crow and Petra again, which you'll see why is my favorite of the entire game. Period. Uh, <laughs> so this little dialogue starts with Crow, who says, You know, you sit around enough campfires with Saladin, and you hear about castles like this. There was this warlord in the Dark Age named um, Naim. Uh, she drank with another warlord who had felled a shape-shifting beast. He led her to the beast lair, a castle in the snowy peaks. And inside was a skull that whispered promises. I always thought Saladin was just blowing smoke. And then Petra comes in. Well, you've certainly found your people. Guardians do love their myths and stories. That's the end of that scene. They said the thing in the game! (laughs) That's us! We didn't say this thing! It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I I have no illusions that that is a true nod I do. to us. But... I do. I absolutely do. To the to the to whatever intern at Bungie is listening to this right now. I see you. I see you, and I recognize you right back. You're fuck yeah for you. That's what you get. There you go. So yeah, outside of it just being a really cool moment for us, uh. It does. I was going to say, I lost talk the about a couple message things. in there. Once I got to that end point, I, just, <laughs> I gave up on the rest of the message. Understandable. But um, so Crow has heard Saladin tell stories about the Dark Ages. And Saladin told this story about a warlord named Naim who met another warlord uh, who was, has, was saying that they had killed a shape-shifting beast. And Naim was like, well, show me. I, I want to... This sounds interesting. Prove yeah, prove it, warlord. Show show me where this beast lair was, uh, and it ended up being a castle in the snowy mountains, and inside was a skull that whispered promises. Um, so what this tells us, if this story truly is uh, the story of the castle the dungeon is in, spoilers, it is. Uh, Naim did not meet. Hefend, the Ahamkara, until Hefend had already died. Hefend was just a skull in the castle, but Naim was was able to, uh, you know, there's still enough power there that there was a deal was brokered. I, I, this idea of this deal, I think it is a two part thing. I think one, the desire or the will of the wisher has to be strong enough. Like, it can't yeah. just be, like, a simple, like, I wish I was a cat. Like, cool, good for you, bro. Like, go be a cat, then. I don't care. It has to be a true, like, deep, deep, deep desire. And then the Ahamkara, on the other end, the wish granter, um, would would need to be able to manipulate it in some sort of way that it could cause chaos. Right. And then cause the the wisher to want to have a greater desire. 
I, I really starting to understand this, like this, this bargain, this like, you know, wish, wish grantor and wisher. Like it's, it's, it really is a two part system here. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think a hundred percent. Because if, if it was just like willy nilly, whatever, I feel like the first warlord would have been able to like manipulate it and go crazy or whatever. But the fact that the first warlord killed it, left, came, found someone else, told someone else about it, and that other person was like, well, show me, and then brought them back and still had kind of no effect on this first warlord. Like, I think that, that, that really does kind of speak to that, that two part uh, bargaining system. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Keep that in mind, because we're okay. gonna we're gonna learn a little more about that first warlord later on. Oh shit! But did I discover a thing that I didn't realize I discovered? I will find out. Damn um, it. <laughs> but so uh, we collect another set of bones, bone set number five in this case, uh, and we get another um, short little conversation between Crow and Petra. Uh, this time about the scorn that are in the castle. Um, specifically the knights who again um petra and crow do not know the origins of these knights like we do having read the the lore card from the buried bloodline they they don't know that they're like fickrel's knights at all they just see them as like another set of scorn right i until bone number five and crow says wait guardian the knights you've fought are marked something we did with the barons petra comes in and says crow you aren't responsible for this these scorn didn't come from the reef i'm not seeing things it's a signature in the dark ether crow fickrel has been missing from the wreath for some time now you can let this go and that's the end of that little dialogue. Ooh. So Crow is seeing in the, the energy signatures, I guess. Um, he's like, no, these these are from Fickrel's brood. You know, the, this is something that he's he's seeing his own mixture there. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and Petra is trying to kind of, trying to reassure him, be like, no, the the scorn didn't come from the reef. The scorn, you know, however they got here, they they started on the earth. Like you you don't need to feel responsible for every scorn out there. I, uh, which is is sweet of her, but Crow's right. Like we know those knights specifically did come from Fickrel, and. Granted, they seem to have been like taken over in some way once they got here. Like, yeah, Fickrel's alive and kicking and making more of these. Now, I guess at that point in time, does that confuse the two of them of of Petra and and Crow of like now they think that all the scorn here are from Fickrel's brood, or or is it still just kind of like a we don't we really don't have a clue what's going on here? Well, I say Crow specifically singles out the knights. So I think sure. I think he's suspicious about the origin of the knights specifically. Um, Petra, I think, is convinced that like no, there's no connection. Like you're you're seeing things, you're you're feeling guilty about because it's scorn. Like no, there's no connection. You don't need to feel responsible for this. Um, okay. So I I don't I don't know if it's I don't think they have the full picture by any means, but I also don't think that it's 
necessarily causing confusion about the origins. Uh, they're they're kind of on two different wavelengths, you know. Sure. But uh, we find the sixth set of bones, which is the final set for this second chunk of the quest chain. Um, and we get a continuation of the story that uh, Crow was telling earlier. And so he says, Naeem and uh, Hefend, that's the Ahamkara's name, they'd become friends. Pretty tragic, actually. Saladin said their bond was like a mutual domestication. But it wasn't long before the House of Kings stormed the castle. Petra chimes in. I take it when the kings came, Naeem didn't survive them? No. And with her final breath, she wished ruin on their house, and her ven- and that her vengeance follow them into the grave. Very particular wording. That's the end of that little scene. So this was where Myth and I kind of came up with some some theories. Um, it's it's important to note that all of Fickrell's brood comes from the House of Kings. Like he, I if, if the original slayed, scorn, I will say the original, the original scorn. scorn. Yep, 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 yep. Because yeah. um, he slayed the the Kell of Kings, uh, yep. and then started right like killing them all and raising them all as scorn. So like that, it, it's it's interesting to think that like number one, it, the entire Destiny universe runs off of wishes and Savathun. This is pretty much yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just convinced of this now, uh, because that means that the entire downfall of the House of Kings is because of this wish. Yeah, and we do enter the 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 question though. We don't know how far reaching a given Ahamkara's wish magic is. Sure. You know, it can it span years? Can it span right. spaces? Like what's what's the is it a is it a immediate vicinity thing? Does it have to happen instantly? Yeah, we don't know. I am going to it, it could really go either way here. I, I could a hundred percent see like this this is something that is localized, especially with it being bones and not in a living ahamkara. You know, sure. this is something localized to where the bones have the ability to affect you know the the area around them. Um, but maybe not. Like the the connection between Fickrell and the House of Kings and Aldrin and the House of Kings, uh, like is such a coincidence that it it really is like oh mate. But maybe, but maybe. I, I feel like it is. I, I'm until proven otherwise. I'm gonna feel like this is all connected. Like the downfall of the kings was specifically because of some wish that some warlord made in her dying breath. So to to fill in the blanks for anyone that um, isn't aware, uh, and we talk about this much more in depth in our Aldrin focused um, episodes. I uh, when Aldrin was corrupted. And had created Fickrell, the first Scorn. Um, he, uh, for a time, was the one leading uh, the remaining Elixni of the Reef, which were primarily made up of the House of Kings. And 
uh, butted heads with their leadership a little bit and was very much just using them to his own ends. And when the House of Kings were no longer useful to him, he ordered uh, Fickrell and probably himself uh, you know, lending a hand as well. They slaughtered everybody. The the entire House of Kings, at the very least the the Kell of Kings, but likely everyone aboard that catch was killed and presumably turned into some of the very first scorn. Yep. Uh, and that that's where that house ended, essentially. So um the you know, Crow is saying name and heffend. Uh the which he clarifies as the Ahamkara. We've known that up till now, but uh became friends um in a, a mutual domestication, which is an a weird way of saying that. Uh that's exactly what it was. But um the House of Kings saw the power, you know, of of the the wish dragon in this place and stormed the castle. Naeem could not survive the onslaught and made a wish with her final breath that her vengeance follow them into the grave. Oh, vengeance mine. So, what I'm thinking happened, I think we have enough pieces here to put together a, a puzzle. I, I was, was going to say, are we trying to like figure out what the exact wish was? I, I think, I don't, I don't think we know, I, the exact wording of the wish was probably that, you know, that... Uh, their house fall to ruin and that uh, her vengeance follow them into the grave. So not even death will escape her retribution. Yeah. With that in mind, and with the pieces we know from the, the bones previous to this, what I'm thinking happened, we know that scorn are created from darkness and ether. Sure. We know that Taken are dark energy incarnate, essentially. Sure. This dragon, if we go with Petra's theory of the Taken could be attracted to a very strong willpower. Heffend, if we take at face value that they truly had a very deep friendship with Naeem and wanted to grant this final wish of vengeance. Heffend, perhaps, attracted the Taken to them, intentionally fed off the Taken, knowing that it would poison their bones with dark energy. And scorn our dead elixni that have been raised with darkness, with dark ether. By absorbing dark energy was then able to pour it into all of the corpses of the House of Kings that existed in the castle, therefore turning them into scorn. Hence, Interesting. death did not allow them to escape retribution. Her and vengeance... The two entities were just forced to... Because that's what's interesting, too. It's They weren't... Every time we come across the Taken and the Scorn in here... They're never fighting each other. No, but perhaps Heffend knew that they would eventually attract guardians 
which would sure. do the job for them. Sure. That's and that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can follow that. I like it. So uh we pick up the um well that that's the last set of bones for that part of the quest chain. Um that's the second part, right? Which is the, the second part of gathering these bones. I which then gives us the third and last gather bones section of the quest. Um, and the flavor text on this section says, These vermin claim what is mine again, as if to repeat the past. Soon it will be over. I can feel blight overtaking me, oh vengeance mine. When judgment is had, you must end me as well. And that's the end of the flavor text. So even so, even he knows he's becoming corrupt. He knows he's being poisoned by the taken stuff. But he's like, something will. The, the Ahamkara are intelligent enough to know that something will come to find him, and has now left these clues to be like, hey, whoever is reading this, I, the, I, I assume that the. Um, Ahamkara knows it is a guardian, um, but basically the Ahamkara says, you know, whoever finds this, end me. Like, put it, and the only thing that could really put an end to a paracausal being is another paracausal being, that being us. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily think this is. I don't get the impression this is writing left in the past. I get the impression that these are things being spoken to us. As we are doing the quest line. Oh, this isn't like a. Oh, I never thought of it like that. Because I, I always think of things that, like, when we're going through the game, like they've been left there for yeah. us to find. But now that I think about it, none of these. Um, this whole quest chain, you're the you can't get to the collectibles until you started it, so it is presumably talking to you in real time. And I mean, Ahamkara bones whisper, like we know that. Right. I, I think that right. is, Heffend is pushing us along. And again, Heffend only ever refers to us as, oh, vengeance mine. As in. Which is we, weird because that should be Eris, right? <laughs> I mean. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I've got a vengeance is a little different, I think, than what's happening here. This is true. But, uh, but oh, vengeance mine. We are the arbiters of Heffin's vengeance. Yep. yep. We are his vengeance. Which just kind of th- further solidifies for me the idea of like, did all of this with the intention of, you died once, that's not good enough, I'm killing you again. Over and over and over again. Yeah, as many times as I can until I am not myself anymore. Uh, so we're tasked with picking up Three final sets of bones. Um, set number seven kind of talks about what we were talking about before. Uh, and it starts with Crow saying, Aldrin had a history with the House of Kings. That's what led to the scorn in the fir- first place. And Petra, I am familiar with your history, but the banners here are ancient. Crow, like from the Dark Age. You know that warlord? 
The skull promised her anything she wanted. She offered that promise to surrounding villages, for tribute, of course, brokered their wishes and then protected against the consequences. Naeem's reputation spread until... Any guesses? Until she drew attention from the House of Kings who coveted this power. And that's the end of that little dialogue. So yeah, so definitely driving home that that point of like she and and it's interesting too like she's she's wishing for all this stuff and then would then protect against the consequences. Yeah. Like so she had a deeper understanding of what even the wish dragon was doing uh at that point in time in history, which again we're talking dark ages. We're talking way the hell in the past. Um long before the the great hunts, long before um, Riven, the Dreaming City, all of that. Um, and for her, for this one warlord to understand, okay, I make some type of desire, some type of wish, there will be consequences, I now need to actively protect it, now almost raises this person to like a legend status, right? Like, oh, look at this person doing all these great deeds and bringing joy and everything to the land. And, you know, all the while, it's all just like uh, paracausal bullshit happening in the background. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Which then, of course, I mean, because again, the, the the House of Kings, at a point of of not, I, I don't want to say turmoil. Like this was still kind of during like, uh, um, I mean, this is this is pre city, right? So this is before the the um, the Battle of Six Fronts, the Battle of Twilight Gap, like before the the houses started to unite again. So the houses are still very scattered at this point um, in that very pirate life. Uh, that Aramis uh, um, speaks of so mm-hmm. much. So yeah, it it this is uh yeah it, it it could have been any house that had fallen upon him. It just so happens that it was the House of Kings, and now it's like okay, well, fuck these guys. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not taking my shit away. So um yeah, so we we pick up the bone uh, cluster number eight. And we get some additional talking about Aldrin and kings and whatnot. Um, with Crow saying, This all feels personal. Aldrin links to the kings, both linked to Fickrel. My one dangling thread. Petra, step back from yourself. New scorn rising drew Fickrel's attention. Kings, no less. What if this was a diplomatic envoy? The witnesses' scorn are empty flesh-made weapons, but the scorn here appear to express a crude culture, even. Crow, Vikril's followers have always been different, capable of learning. Maybe he saw potential here. Petra, then maybe you can still get through to him. And that's the end of that dialogue. So we, so, so this point in time, now, now we are starting. To, uh, not we, as, as in us, the, the player, but even, but even the in-game characters of Petra and Crow are starting to understand that there's more to this than than what meets the eye. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, he's Crow is describing more here of like, hey. These these things could learn like these things could they weren't just mindless bot mindless drones, 
the way that the witnesses are. And Petra's like, yeah, they. I mean, we've always thought that these scorn are, but now they're they're showing a level of of intelligence here. And so it's and then Pe- for Petra to respond back like, uh, maybe you can still get through to them, like, because um, they they always joked about how, and and I think Mara said this a lot too, how the crow found his people in the Elixni. Right. Um, and, and now the scorn are, are <laughs> a horrible way to put it, but they're kind of like the bastard children now. Kind of. Kinda, yeah. Like that's, they, they always call them father and it's just like, okay, that's, but, but they are. And, and so I, I wonder if this is Petra kind of like, not necessarily poking at, at, at crow, but kind of like, Saying, "Hey, maybe you can go find Fickrel. Maybe you can talk to him. Maybe they can be reasoned with. Maybe, <laughs> as weird as this sounds, maybe they can become an ally." Hey, I mean, who, who knows? Stranger things have happened, right? Or I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So we we get to then the final cluster of bones uh, for the this portion of the quest chain, um, which is cluster number nine, which just circles right around and confirms a lot of what we've already been talking about. Uh, So this one starts with Crow saying, This has to be the castle from Saladin's story. The Scorn have to be kings. It's the only thing that makes sense. Hefend was buried here since the Dark Age, but the instant he could, he lured the Taken in, poisoned himself, feeding off of their ties to the darkness, their want for purpose. He found a loophole to raise the kings into scorn and allow for the enacting of his friend's dying wish for revenge. And then Petra comments, holding on to that anger for what? Centuries? Just to destroy itself with taken corruption. Vengeance is an Ouroboros and everything cyclical is doomed to destroy itself eventually. And that's the end of that dialogue. Ouroboros, the dragon eating its own tail. Yep. And uh, the name Hefend, by the way, it derives from uh, the Icelandic language meaning vengeance. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we're not done yet. So stupid little <laughs> floating ball of bullshit that I have not been able to touch yet because I am on the last portion of the stupid quest, but somebody else in this has touched it and looked at it and done dirty things with it. Uh, so there, there is in the dungeon um, what looks like a little Toland orb um, that you cannot interact with until you have finished collecting all nine of these bones. Uh, and once you have collected all of them, you are given uh, instead the... Um, a new task. Um, so we get some flavor text from, uh, Heffend once more, uh, who says, I am soon to be whole again. 
and it brings my heart joy to see these rotted kings break against you. Enough of this sad world. All is soon to be well. I am coming to see you again, Naim. I have one final task. Gather what power remains in this ruined place and open the way to my resting skull. And so Heffend asks us to open this portal, which is where the little, uh, not Toland, but uh, the little taken orb is. Um, we open the portal to this, this area, uh, which we see referred to as Heffen's Karn, um, their, their resting place. And this is where Heffen's skull resides, uh, on a um, kind of pedestal area inside of this, this tomb. Uh, and we get a, a little quest update, which has some additional flavor text. And is our last message uh, from Heffend directly in this manner. Um, the flavor text says, Naim's wish is fulfilled. Return my bones to where Naim enshrined them, and let my spirit finally find rest. And what's interesting about this is that all of the quest dialogues, uh, all the flavor texts prior to this have shown the speaker as being heffened, blighted in vengeance. And this one instead says heffened, vengeance, sated. So we have, we have completed the wish. We have allowed Heffen to perform the final wish of Naeem, uh, and they are now ready to rest, uh, presumably in a, a more permanent way than some other Ahamkara have. It, it does show, uh, again, like it, it I, <laughs> as much as Riven talks shit tomorrow this season, uh, <laughs> yeah. there is a connection between Dragon and Wisher. Yes, and, uh, and and I I don't think that that connection is, um, I I don't think that's that's a light connection. You know what I mean? Like I I think that's a deep connection that's going on there. Not light and deep and like light and darkness. That's no, but <laughs> but but it is. There's there's a deep connection there between. It's it it's. I think it's a desire on both sides. I think it's a a desire on the wisher to have something happen. And then B, a desire on the wish granter, being the dragon, to, um, I mean, feed is part of it, but it, it's definitely a desire to feed. Yeah. Yeah. A desire to fulfill that. Sure. That, sure, sure, sure. You know, wish as well as uh, someone that desires for it to be completed and another that desires to fulfill it, maybe not in the same manner that the person wants it completed is intended yeah. yeah um but we are granted when we go to this room and we 
uh, return all of the different bones that we have been gathering throughout this quest chain. We return them to their tomb uh, with the rest of, of Heffen's body. We're given one last parting gift, and that is the final memory that Heffend had when they were still alive. And we, it's just dialogue, um, but we get to hear the memory play out, which is essentially uh, the guardian, the, the warlord that slew them, um, giving them something of a eulogy. Uh, Interesting. And so we are greeted by uh, the voice of none other than Warlord Shax. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and Shax. Sorry, that was... <laughs> of course it's Shax, because why course. wouldn't it be? God dang it. But Shax had this to say in the Ahamkara's final moments. I... During the their original death, I guess I should say. Um, and it goes like this. And so the great hunt claims the life of another Ahamkara. You slew me 14 times, Wish Dragon. I landed a killing blow only once. Hardly seems fair. They say to draw a weapon against one of your kind is to wish for victory. Even if the beast is slain, the wish is granted, and the dragon wins either way. Perhaps that's why they send me on these hunts. Because I do not wish to do this. The Ahamkara are a force of nature. To blame you for an ill-conceived wish is like blaming fire for burning down a home. And yet, when a fire rages out of control, it must be extinguished. There is no joy or ambition in it, only the knowledge that it must be done. Rest well, dragon. Let this castle be your tomb one befitting a creature of your stature. That is the closest thing to a wish that you will get from me. And that's the end of the memory. And throw more grenades. <laughs> I mean, that's probably how he won, right? Yeah, yeah. He just threw more grenades. That's all. But... Wow, a sweet and tender side of Shax? I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> well, we've seen that from Shax before. He tried to woo Mara with a bow. In this is true. Uh, this is true. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So the the first warlord that told Naim about this place that killed Heffend originally was none other than Shax himself. Um, That's not Heffen's skull sitting up above him, is it? It is not, because Heffen's skull okay. is in the castle. It's in the, it's in the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But I, uh, but so yeah, Shax was the was the one that that did this, and uh, as an additional aside, um, a a kind of final entry in the story of Heffen and Naim, we also get to see the very first interaction between warlord Naim 
and the now spirit of Heffend uh, via the ghost shell, which is uh, Zira's shell, um, which I believe drops from the dungeon or or from maybe master completion. Master. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably this is uh, Naeem's ghost shell. Yeah, I think that's the, the assumption. Okay. Uh, and the lore card on it goes like this. Cold swept down from the frigid mountaintops against already old stones of a dark-aged castle. Winter slicked the ramparts as night fell across the European expanse. Naim stood at a long and narrow bridge, helmet shielding her face from deafening wind and stinging snow. She'd left her blood-stained fingertips in old Russia, gone west, until they no longer called her warlord. Here she had heard the lightbearers hunted and felled a dragon. Maybe some of its magic remained, enough to start anew. She followed the whispers through the storm and rubble, ran her fingers over the scars in the stone. This was the place the old warrior had told her to go, and so she pressed deeper into the keep, until whispers turned to words, and the bones of a great beast laid at rest before her. She approached the skull at the center of the skeleton. Dragon. Ahamkara. The language filled the room, ceased to be ambient, and the attention focused on her. Desire was drawn from her heart and passion from her blood, and she spoke as if by instinct. I wish for your kindness. The whip whispers twisted into hissing laughter. She almost felt the skeleton's anticipation vibrate through the dry, hollow marrow. And then it spoke to her. Kindness. There's so little left, and the cost so high. The gulf between your want and your reality. This is truly what you wish for. I have spent my power poorly, like you, to survive. That is why they hunted and killed. Naeem stepped forward slowly. Wouldn't you rather be loved than feared? The Ahamkara's bones were silent in consideration. I know the light-bearer who slew you. I know you respect their determination. Naeem pressed on. Grant me kindness. Let us share that kindness. Let us make them love us as much as we were feared. The voice speaks to her once more. Charity does not sate my hunger. Then do not be charitable. Let me face the debt of your wishes while those who benefit live freely. 
The voice hissed and cackled. You would take their debts upon your own head. I have as many lives to give as the weight of their debt. Naim placed a hand on the skull and waited a moment before hearing. Your wish is granted. And that's the end of that one. See? Even warlords can spread a little love. Yeah. Naeem was... had had left their home, had gone so far so that no one would know who they were. Uh, no one would know them as this bloody warlord that they had once been. Uh, and we know from the story that Crow told earlier that the villages surrounding this mountain were allowed to come and make wishes freely, and Naeem, as bargained with Hefend, was the one that would take on whatever the downside of those wishes was. Uh, That's super sweet. I don't care what anyone says. That's super sweet. It, it, it's, it's, it's a very noble endeavor, for sure. Um, and... Apparently, they grew to be very good friends throughout the, the years that that practice continued until, you know, the House of Kings came and put an end to it. And then we came and put an end to them. Yay! <laughs> but, uh, but that is the story of the Warlord's Ruined Dungeon. Woohoo! We did it! We did it! That's a good one. That's, that was a good a, one. This is a fantastic little dungeon. It's It's... Again, I can't speak enough to the the pacing of it, the the replayability of it with the quest chain. Like it, like it, the dungeon wants you to run it more. It doesn't feel like a chore the next time you run it. Like you, you want to do it again. You want to find something else. You want to keep going through it. It's it's the aesthetics are great. It's very, you know, Witcher, Myth mentioned Souls. Uh, I to me, Baldur's Gate and D and D. Like it's. It, it's it's fantastic Mid- medieval you know king Ar- Ar- Arthurian level of, of yeah. medievalness in there like yeah it's it's ah ah such a fantastic dungeon fantastic freaking dungeon can't wait for Myth to throw it in our face with a solo solo flawless <laughs> I'm getting that there. final boss man that final boss freaking sucks like there's, there's, there's a so lot. much happening in that final boss okay. Uh, all right. Well, then uh, let's do some shout outs. And do we, do we have any shout outs this week? Uh, no specific. We had a bunch last week. Yeah. No, no specific shout outs this week. Um, we had a ton last week. That was, it was awesome to see, especially with like the Spotify rap stuff. That was really those, cool. Those were really cool to see people like literally like in the hundreds of thousands of hours. And I'm just like, dude, have we even been doing that? For this <laughs> I know. Like, I know. It's crazy. But uh, yeah. So. Uh, just in general, thank you to, to everybody that's, that's out there listening. Um, I say we were really excited to, to get the, the dungeon one out there. Dungeon ones are always, always a lot of fun, um, to dive into. I say, if you liked what you heard and you want to support us in some way, easiest way to do that is, uh, leave a, um, review, give us, you know, a couple stars or whatever, uh, or tell your friend, uh, if you got someone else that's out there interested in, in destiny lore stuff, um, if you feel strongly enough that you want to leave a uh, text review, if your platform allows for it, we love seeing those. Uh, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at Myths and Stories, Z instead of an S. 
um, or via our email, um, which is mythsandstories at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I have to give a thank you. Um, I, I haven't created a character in a while, Myth. i got to start creating more characters so I can give random thank yous. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going. I'm going to thank, uh, quite possibly one of my favorite uh, fire team members, if not the my most favorite fire team member, uh, and and that is the one sitting behind me right now, uh, Mystic Penguin Fifteen. Uh, she is the light of my life, and she is everything to me. And I am glad that I am able to share something like Destiny with her. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for sticking with me for the last 12 years. Uh, and here's to hundreds of more. I mean, what what do you say to that? Right? <laughs> Somebody's getting laid tonight. <laughs> uh, you got anything else to add to that, Beth? No, that's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us Lord Daddies... To all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time. You found your people. Guardians do love their myths and stories.